So hello, Clive DeCarl, another edition of the Health Revolution. And today I'm joined by two ex-ambulance drivers or ambulance workers, I should say, uh, Chris and Mark McCarthy. And they've seen everything that goes on in the NHS, I think, to some degree. And uh, it's not good, is it, either of you? No, it's not. We've we've been um, in the NHS 32 years uh, as uh, paramedics and um, we, we, we retired uh, about what, five years ago, then came back on what's called a bank contract. So we worked all through the pandemic and we saw some things that we weren't happy with. Um, some things which just didn't make sense to us. Um, regarding what was going on, read the, uh, the lockdown and the, uh, can I say, the vaccine and the jab and the way the government was handling it. So um, we decided to do, we'll look into it ourselves and uh, get some of our questions answered by doing some research. Um, a lot of the media reports just didn't make sense to us as paramedics. I mean, we're taught to, we're, we're sort of critically, critically analyse things and got critical thinking and reflective practice so we look at certain things and they just weren't adding up um i mean it, it i mean it, for us it, it all started around about um what was it early september yeah well or i say january january uh, 2020 um we were seeing um the sort of rollout, I think the rollout of the vaccine came in uh, December, 8th, 8th of December, um, the first rollout uh, of this, what's really an experimental trial vaccine. Um, it's, it's new technology. Um, it had never been tested before. Um, the, according to um, the research we're doing, some of the um, trials had been um stages had been uh, missed out and um the government were rolling us out at what's called warp speed um normally a vaccine takes seven to ten years to roll out but this brand new technology was rolled out in months and uh, to us it didn't make sense i think i think if you look at the government website it said two things it said um, it didn't stop COVID. And it can stop you spreading. Right Could you move a bit closer to the microphone because yeah. uh, it's clipping out? Yeah, on the government website, it said um, it didn't actually uh, prevent COVID or it didn't stop you spreading COVID right in front of you. Um, I think the main thing we were shocked, you know, we worked several years with colleagues we've known for 20, 30 years, and it was right in front of your face, basically. Uh, that there was something going on that wasn't right. And um, all very nice, all very good people, hardworking in the NHS, the ambulance service. Um, and they were just blinded. They were just blinded by 24-7 by, by propaganda. Well, the TV, the TV, the media, the, you know, there was a pandemic and it was called fear, really. Um, and it was quite shocking, really, because over January, I, I I wasn't well for a couple of weeks, and um, and then we were doing a bank contract, and we went back to work about March, and we yeah, you know, I mean, we took a bit of months off, and we were we were quite, you know, initially we were quite we were quite concerned going back going back and going to this environment where basically you're dealing with an unknown virus, which supposedly was causing a lot of problems, uh, a lot of cases, you know, you, you watch the telly news reports every day, the case number was going up and we thought, uh, you know, do we need to work in this environment? You know, because we were on a bank contract, we did have a choice whether to, to work or not, but we started to give, to give it a go. And, um, you know, straight away within a few months, we realized we weren't seeing the cases or the people getting ill as they were saying on the telly. Uh, what we were seeing were patients basically locked down, watching telly and um, in fear. Um, and we were get, having sort of a, 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 you know, we'd be doing sort of like um, 
what two three jobs a day in a 12-hour shift not do many not do many jobs um and basically uh, we weren't seeing what they were saying you know saying on telly so we started asking questions uh and uh we sort of looked into it deeper um i had a um I'm, I'm lucky. We we knew a a a, a, a renowned respiratory um, expert, Dr. Paul Marrick. Um, I, I I wrote to him before. He works in Norfolk, Virginia. He's an ITU consultant and stuff. And I managed we managed to get onto. He's got a website, uh, Frontline Doctors Against COVID. Um, basically, so we we're getting a lot of reports from him. Uh, I think Dr. Perry Corey. He was he was another one. And we were looking at his research and his his ways of, of looking at the uh, pandemic, and they uh, they seemed to be the right way to go, as opposed to the uh, um, politicians and so-called expert, experts were giving contradictory um, sort of information. Uh, read, read the masks. And yeah, the, basically, you're, you're, you know, we were, we were sort of coming home from work, and on a Thursday night, they used to clap NHS workers. Now, the NHS has been under a lot of pressure for a long, long time, a long, long time. And a normal day, a 12-hour shift would be, it'd be just patient after patient, one after each other. But say when we were back about April till about end of August, September, we weren't seeing any patients. We were going to casualties and to hospitals and there was hardly any patients. And we were talking to a consultant saying to me, where are these patients? Where are they? And there wasn't any. It was quite, you know, it was quite strange. We we had colleagues who worked in the Nightingale hospitals, and there were four thousand beds in these hospitals, and they were doing the transfers. And basically, in I don't know, in, in a couple of months, they'd moved fifty patients in, in all. And then we were going home and seeing on television where there was supposedly all these cases and, and, and people were coming really, really unwell. And it was, there wasn't any. Yeah, that's what we saw. There wasn't. There, so, was, there wasn't any any patients. So we concluded. I say we were seeing these patients. Um, the patients we were seeing had no symptoms at all. Asymptomatic. Okay, very few. Uh, no high temperature. All the ops are fine. Um, uh, there were there were literally uh, no no. Uh, um, you, could, you couldn't see any infection in them at all, okay, but they were calling ambulances. And, you know, we believe because they were watching telly, they were getting frightened and they were calling ambulances. So we started to look into the uh, cases that they, the government were, um, were portraying on the telly, you know, every, every day it would go up and up. And we looked at the PCR test and there's a chap called Kerry Mullis. He invented the PCR test. And basically the PCR test, um, it could distinguish between different strains of flus and colds. So you might get a cold and you might be positive, but also what the government were doing is to look for a virus or an infection in a, a human body, they use amplification cycles. Now, anything, if you amplify into the body, you look for a, a virus or something and say they use 20 cycles. Okay, you'd find uh, a lot of uh, debris virus, so you you come back positive. But what was happening was they were uh, amplifying the the, uh, the amplification up to about forty cycles, which so they were finding dead remnants of a virus, but they were coming up positive. So what happened? We were looking in a, a case. A, a case. Uh, it was challenged in Portugal. Um, the court ruled that anything over uh, forty cycles would have a success rate of only 3%. That means you had a 97% false positive rate, which meant the government are locking people down on that false positive rate, which is 97% false positive. So all these cases what people were getting frightened about, okay, had no symptoms, they were false positive. And by the way, the WHO decided to declare a pandemic on that, on that basis alone. And what that meant was uh, people were being fooled. With no symptoms. With no symptoms. Never before. Never before had you had an illness, we had no viral load, no symptoms. But the thing is, and then come come September, they started rolling out the flu vaccination. And then we started to see loads of chest infections. 
and people bronchitis, things like that, and people start becoming positive. And that's we saw people start getting iller, chest infections. It seems to um, affect their immune systems. Yeah, what, what, we've, what we've done is we've done research into the flu vaccine as well. Uh, this is previous, uh, this is before the COVID uh, uh, pandemic came out. Uh, we've done lots of uh, review into, into, into the flu vaccine and it, we've come up with the conclusion these are peer-reviewed um, documentation, scientific uh, research-based um, uh, research. Um, if you take a flu vaccine, what you're doing really is you're lowering your immune system. Uh, when you lower your immune system, you allow the infection to come in. Uh, it, it's like a cloaking device. It goes in. And one of, one of the surveys uh, they looked at, I think the Pentagon did it, um, um, basically, they looked at army, the army uh, soldiers and, and military have to take vaccines. So they took the flu vaccine. They looked into it. And what it did, if you take a flu vaccine, a healthy army guy took the flu vaccine or Navy, whatever, okay, you had a 36% chance of contracting a coronavirus like MERS or SARS or corona uh, or COVID. So it, it heightened your, your levels to get this virus. Mm. Now, this is when we really start to think there's something similar, uh, similar going on because uh, if you look at all the shops uh, along the high road all the buses they all saying get the flu vaccine protect yourself protect your the public okay and now our firm was doing it as well and people were lining up to get the flu vaccine plus other vaccines well, we remember going on a course it was uh at saracen's football ground a massive room there must be about 60 people in there uh, this is around about, uh, I think, October 2020, mm. yeah. Um, they were giving out flu vaccines, okay. This is this is before the corona, uh, COVID vaccine met, rolled out in the, on the 8th. And everybody in the room, apart from me and my brother and one other girl, perhaps 60 people got them and got the vaccines. Mm. They didn't ask any questions. Yeah. And the thing, the thing was... With uh, any sort of medicine for medical procedure, you've got to give what's called informed consent. You've got to tell the patients what's in the vaccine. Now, we knew that in that flu vaccine, you had aluminium, which is a neuro neurotoxin. You had mercury, which is thymosol. Okay. You had adjuvants. Um, you had uh, tissue from, from uh, monkeys in there, which contain retroviruses which can cause cancers and cause anaphylactics as well, but completely destroys the immune system. So we've, what we find out after people took this flu vaccine, people started getting really ill. And the, the most tragic thing we, we've seen was, unfortunately, uh, our mom was in a nursing home at the time. Uh, she, she, had, she had dementia. There was no, there was no, and up to, up the whole summer up to 2020, no COVID. there was no COVID. They were so proud, proud, 100% no COVID. Um, and we try, we explained to them, please don't give any of your residents this flu vaccine because it will lower their immune system, it'll leave them open to the coronavirus. And unfortunately, the manager said to us, We, he, his hands are tied, it's the, the doctors, are, uh, the doctors are in charge of these patients, and they gave them all the flu vaccine. Now, up to that point. Nobody was ill in the hospital. It's a massive they nursing all, home. They, they all got ill. One lady didn't want it. She was the only one that didn't want it. Yeah, and they all got ill. They all got COVID. They all got ill. I think the most. And then they gave out the they gave out the COVID injection. This is this is really ter this is terrible. Gave the COVID injection. Okay, right. And then they started dying. Mm. And it was it was tragic to see uh, what, no, was, what was happening. No, but this was all over. This was, we've seen it all over. I think this is the most shocking thing is how. People haven't done their research, medical people, or they're just blindsided. You know, it's quite, um, you know, I thought, well, nobody's going to take this shot because you know, they can see what it is. You know, all you have to do is spend 10 minutes research on the internet and you can see what it is, you know. And we went back to work and I'd say 90% of our colleagues took it and I just, I just couldn't believe it. It's quite shocking, really. And I think it's the, the brainwashing of, of, the media, uh, television, the politicians, if you constantly brainwash them with fear. And in the medical profession, people, they tend to stick to protocols and they don't think outside the box. 
So, okay, we'll take this 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 shot and it will help me, even though government website says it doesn't protect you from COVID or it doesn't stop you from spreading. And that's what shocked me the most, I think, the people how they took this experimental vaccine. They, basically, they're telling you it doesn't even work. You think, oh my God, you know, and these are people, these are good people that we've known for years and years and years, intelligent people, and they just took it. And mm. I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Well, it. It doesn't take a lot of research. If you, if you look back in 2019, the swine flu pandemic, mm. okay, uh, they were given uh, an experimental drug called Pandarex. I think GlaxoSmithKind were giving it out. And they had an indemnity against it as well. In case it went wrong, you couldn't sue them. Same with this COVID vaccine. You can't sue them. Okay, they've got an indemnity. Well, people started getting narcolepsy, okay? Uh, they started to call, uh, something called cataplexy, which means if you get excited, okay, or laughing, you could pass out. Devastated these people's lives. And they, uh, these people, they sued the government through this, okay? What would happen is they'd sue, they'd sue the drug company, but the co drug company would claim the money back from the government so they couldn't be sued. I think they got 60 million out of it. But these people's lives were ruined it wasn't just this country, it was most of them were kids. Uh, I think it was mostly uh, Scandinavian countries as well, narcolepsy. And then and then recently, I think it was a two, in our area, Norfolk Park, uh, 2013, you had uh, uh, what's called, um, they were given uh, a vaccine, it was called um, uh, the elephant uh, vaccine. Mm. Basically, you had six, six young people went down with uh, severe effects of this trial vaccine. It was a trial, it was a drug trial in Norfolk Park, 2013. They lost fingers and toes and stuff like that. And they, they were told they were open up to cancers and things like this. Uh, and uh, basically, long, long story short, then MHRA, who regulates all this, said this can never happen again, okay? And they, so they shut that all down. It's never gonna happen again. And that was six people that had it there. And if you look at the figures with, uh, we follow the yellow card, um, government's own figures up to May 2021, 1,399 people had died from the vaccine, okay? And adverse effects are in their thousands, affecting, uh, it affects your cardiovascular system, I mean, what, what they're not telling you about this vaccine is it doesn't stay in the arm. It travels all through the body, the spike protein. And basically what it does, it causes uh, an effect on the vascular system. Okay, the spike protein is a spike. It causes uh, little tears in the vascular system, in the endothelial cells. Okay, and what happens is uh, the body has an immune response, rushes to it, Okay, uh, with uh, with platelets in your what platelets is part of the immune response, which plug up the holes, okay, and cause clots, and cause your because it's all over your body, it's in your brain, uh, in your heart, the spike protein, and the spike protein is the pathogen, that's the one that causes the problem. It's in your brain, it's in your heart, your kidneys, so it's all it's all over the body. Um, and what happens is you're getting things like myocarditis. We were talking to a consultant neurologist over at Norfolk Park Hospital, and she was seeing a lot of patients with thrombotic thrombocytopenia, which what, what that means is that the body is using all the platelets up to plug the clots. They're, they're microclots, by the way. They're not picked up by CT scans. They're the very, very small clots in the uh, capillaries. So you don't really pick them up. Um, and basically. What happens is that they use, it uses up all your platelets. So what happens is your blood becomes very, very thin. Okay. Also, you've got clots as well. You've got two things going on at the same time. And what she was so exasperated, she didn't know how to treat them. She was, it was a very, very rare condition. And she's seen hundreds of cases coming in. But the, the, What's the, happening? The, the, this is all through. This is this is common knowledge. This is all government information. This is, mm. and that's, that's the thing. It's all that is out there. You know, it's not. It's not from us, it's from the government information yeah. and it's there. And, and that's the frightening thing about it. The information is there and people haven't looked at the information. 
you know, and, and I think, you know, the, well, I hope that there needs to be an inquiry because I know people are, they're, they're following the, the actual instructions from the government and the so-called experts. And that's, what's the, that's what the NHS has done, the Ambulance and Service has done. But there needs to be an inquiry because the information is, seems to be, it doesn't seem to be right. Yeah. The yellow, the yellow card is, is the main government um, that's what no, that's figure, the figures we see. That's what we use. We use any, a yellow card. Any, um, any, any new information that comes through, or any new drugs that come through, or any FSFX, we pull out a yellow card when it's there. But unfortunately, the MHRA they're not. They don't seem to be investigating the cases. No, we we got we we got very uh, exasperated because we were seeing all this and uh, people weren't listening to us. We were trying to tell people. Well, and we, well, we had a few colleagues of ours who were on our who were telling. Well, the, thing the, is, people, the thing is, not to tell people, just inform. Inform so, them. Inform the. Say, if I brought a patient in had a stroke shortly after taking the vaccination, and I'd say, "Are you going to fill out one too, yeah, yeah, yeah? Are you going to fill, fill out a yellow card to the the doctor?" And they, they'd say no. And it was quite. I think. Well, you know, it's, it's obvious here. This, you know, and, and the thing is, you must fill these things out. And, from, and no, we're not going to do that. We're thinking, my God. See, there, so, so, that so all these all these side effects are, are underreported, uh, vastly under underreported. And, and we've we've talked so much now. So, do you want uh, us to keep talking? What, what else we saw? Well, um, yes, but let me just comment on the yellow card thing. I mean, I've read probably as you have, most people have, that maybe only one percent of adverse effects yeah, actually reported. So I thought, well, I'll go up to my GP. In the yeah. local town, they've got quite a few doctors working from this one practice. So I went in and said, um, you know, how many yellow cards mm. have you uh, submitted? Mm. And the answer was simple. Oh, we don't do that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We don't do it. Full yeah, stop. Yeah. It's yeah. just we, outrageous. We, we, outrageous. We had the same sort. We had the, so we had the same thing. We, um, we, had, we work in A&E, so we speak to a lot of A&E consultants and whatever, and we sort of had a chat with them. And they, they're very receptive, but they didn't really know about the yellow card system. Well, they, so they, they knew about the yellow card system, but so they didn't. They, they didn't. knew, but the thing is, they weren't filling them. They out. weren't filling them in. They e even when we done patients, we transfer from a hospital to a stroke unit. We've got about three major stroke units in in London, and we visit two of them one day. And we spoke to them consultants down there, and they weren't really filling them in, and they weren't really sort. They're lazy. I just can't be I don't know if it was lazy or I, I don't know what it was really. I mean, I we I we 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 thought we 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 thought we better try and inform these people. So what we did was I wrote to uh my my uh health and safety uh executive uh emailed them, I wrote to uh the unions, emailed them, okay. I sent yellow cards to um uh, training school. I sent the uh, all these reports to all, uh, all these people in the know, and also we went as far as we went to the whistleblowing department and sent the yellow cards to them, and they they didn't want to know. They didn't know. So we thought what we got to do is we got to try and inform as many people as we can. So we started printing the yellow cards off with all these reports. So Mark printed off about a hundred and started putting around hospitals. Just to, just, talk, to, just to inform, people because the main thing about us is, as paramedics, we have to have informed consent. You have to give informed consent to people. You have to tell them what's what's happening, and that's part of informed consent by showing people a yellow card. You know what I mean? And you see it goes. If, but all the all the the people in charge, so you might get back to them with they were just following orders from above, and that's it. Yeah. You know, you didn't get nothing, nothing substantial back once you sent them information. They were just following all government guidelines and orders, but there was no critical thinking. Mm. And it, Cause, cause it, it, cause it, I mean, even if, uh, say, say, take the mask now, uh, health and safety uh, under the regulations 1992 should do a risk assessment on wearing a mask all day long. And uh, we, we know that um, if you put a mask on it, it offers no protection at all to these pathogens. They're so small. I think they're 100 times, uh, this virus, 100 times smaller or even 500 times smaller than a hair. We need this. A hair. So if you put a hair inside the mask, if a hair can get in there, these pathogens can get through, okay? Now, our firm should have done a health and safety. Um, get the family. 
uh, our, our folks should have done a health and safety assessment on the risk of wearing a mask all day long. Because as you you know, is if you're breathing, you have I think I think with all the toxins you breathe in from the air, I think we breathe in about 2,000 liters of air a day. Now you've got toxins in that, you've got antigens, you've got viruses, you've got dust, and your immune system cleanses it, okay? If it's working properly. You've got a mask on, okay? That cover of that mask gets wet, okay? So you're breathing that and toxins out all the time. They're making, they're making the mask wet, okay? It's, it's a perfect area for viruses, for bacteria. And then you're breathing this virus and bacteria back into you the whole time. Now, we've been trained in wearing masks. We had to do a training course in masks, okay? And these masks, they don't wear, no, no protection at all, okay? They, they cause what's called um, hyper, uh, hyper catnia, raised carbon dioxide levels. We've got machines on, all the ambulances have got machines, okay? Where you do what's called a capnography. It measures your carbon dioxide levels in your blood. If you're retaining carbon dioxide, it's not good for you. You get metabolic acidosis, causes loads of problems with your blood, with your, with your blood. You get brain fog, you can affect your heart, you get arrhythmias, okay? Now these people are wearing these masks. So me and my brother put the mask on, we put a, a probe inside us. Within a minute, the alarms go off. That's a couple of minutes. Within a minute, the alarms are going off, these masks, okay? They're causing these problems. Now we're seeing people driving ambulances with masks on, driving cars with masks on, okay? It's affecting, it's affecting their, their brains. I mean, the trouble is, the trouble is as well, go to the hospital, they're still wearing They're masks. still wearing masks. And that's what I'm saying about the critical thinking. Where is the critical thinking? It, you know, you've got consultants and doctors and all very good people, very hardworking, nurses, all got great hearts and all that. They're doing the, the, the profession they want to do. But there's no critical thinking. Mm. And the master, it's like, it's just like a barbed wire fence around a garden to stop the flies from getting it. It's not going to, is it? The only way you can stop it, because we've been tested, we've been tested, we know how to wear these masks. The only way to stop these viruses is wear a respirator. Mm. It's like a, it's like a, it's like the fire brigade will know about it. Total respirator is sealed off completely. What is called, what we have, it's called fit testing. Yeah. Okay. So they put a little computer printout. You put this big, big helmet on, space, like a space helmet on. Okay. Mm. Right. There's no seals. Okay. Right. And basically it stops anything getting in at all. But you can't wear them for eight, 12 hours a day. You can't wear them, we can't just, wear them at all. It's just quite amazing. It's, what, it's, it's quite amazing where this, I think they call it mass formation psychosis to do with fear really, and, it, and it's worked. And then, and then again, if, if you look at the figures, if you look at the figures, like we weren't seeing anything up to the rollout of the vaccines, like the CDC, the chances of getting this uh, so-called, uh, this, this virus, uh, ages so naught to 19 is the from the ages naught to 19 is 99 percent chance chances survival rate of not getting it you know and then up to the age of 70 you've got a 94 percent chance of not getting it it's just like a, a flu that's all it was it was a flu uh, well, the thing is we, we don't really know what it was we don't know what it we don't we don't know what it was really but we do know that. It's, I don't know if you've got any ideas what it was, but you know. Well, we do. But we do know with the research we've done is these are these are these are not actually vaccines. It's, it's gene-based technology. It's never been used before. Uh, a vaccine will, will produce an antibody, which will uh, alert your immune system to start acting and start attacking whatever coming in. I mean, you, if you think about it, your immune system is probably the best. Uh, best army in the whole world uh, regarding viruses and pathogens and antigens coming into your body. You've got your white blood cells, lymphocytes, which basically, I think you've got what's called an innate immune system, which basically sees the pathogen coming in. So your lymphocytes runs to it, okay, uh, and uh, produces something called interleukin, okay, which tells your hypothalamus in your brain to raise the temperature. The raising the temperature is your alarm bells. Okay, this is this is this 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 activates all your immune system: your white blood cells, uh, neutrophils, basophils, uh, macrophages. I mean, this is this is these this immune system is is an amazing. It's God-given immune system, but it's an amazing. 
And what it will do is uh, you've got an innate immune system starts to drop, then you got, then you you've got your um, uh, was it your innate and then your uh, adaptive adaptive immune system, okay, which pulls this army, navy, air force straight in and starts attacking the invader. And the good thing about it, it remembers it. It remembers these these invaders coming into your body. Um, and all and all the, all day long, our bodies are fighting are fighting this. Sir. That but it was that was never pushed by. No, that was never pushed. No, your own immune system. Your own immune system is actually stronger. That was never pushed. as you know, Clive. And uh, I think some of your talks. What drives your immune system is, is uh, vitamin C. Most of these white blood cells are have got vitamin C in. So that's why we, we looked at your, your website and mm. uh, most of all the stuff, that, all that, the stuff you've that, got, but it was fight, just, but it, was just, it was just pushed for the, the, the new experimental spot ready. You know, they, they never talked about you know the immune system. They never talked about you know, how adapting fight at first. It's it's quite surreal, really. It's, it's quite surreal. No, it's it, it, it does it does open your eyes. It does really open your eyes. But you know. Well, you have to question uh, whether the people in charge are simply psychopaths uh, who wish yeah. for genocide. And as much as I, I wouldn't like to believe that, that, it seems pretty obvious that this was a deliberate attempt to destroy not just people and people's lives, but the economy as well. Hmm. I think that um, you asked earlier, what, what do I think was... Uh, actually going on. I mean, last year, as I understand it, the flu disappeared. There were no cases. And and the exact same number of cases there would have been suddenly be became COVID. I mean, it's just, just, just really silly. But of course, you mentioned the PCR test, and Kerry Mullis himself said that it, it wasn't a test, that was misuse of it. And then he mysteriously died rather young. I mean, you know, when he was started to speak. Uh, then there's the fact that the, as you know, the COVID virus has never been isolated. Every freedom of information request yeah. to every government, you know, no. it doesn't even exist. You know, no. I I don't actually run with the theory of viruses as as is. I think what they are seeing as viruses are actually exosomes. Yeah, yeah, well, we agree. But for many people, that's too far to go. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but what I think is happening is that because they're putting fluorine in the water, that's right, fluoride in the water or the toothpaste, bromine in the fire retardants that they make furniture mm. get sprayed with, that is knocking out many people's thyroid. And so that affects their ability to control temperature. So anybody who's got cold hands and feet, uh, menopausal symptoms, you know, the Japanese don't have a word for menopause in their language because of all the seaweed they eat. If somebody is uh, be, having their thyroid knocked about by chlorine, fluoride and bromine, then they will not have enough iodine in their thyroid. Now, if you have enough iodine, a sufficient amount of iodine, as the blood flows through the thyroid, um, Iodine is the disinfectant of choice, isn't it? It's what the doctors still paint on your body before they cut you open so that the, no bacteria could possibly get near it. So because the government are poisoning, poisoning us and the media is encouraging us to use fluoride and all this stupidity, most people have a damaged thyroid and they can take iodine and selenium as the two things that would put that right probably. Um, or at least stop thyroid damage in the first place. But the people with thyroid damage, or the people, I should say, with iodine deficiency, know it because they probably have dry skin. It's really bad. They might have dry skin on their elbows. They might have brain fog. They might walk into a room and not remember why they walked in. You know, temperature out of control, severe menopausal symptoms. Now, if, if everybody had enough iodine and selenium, which we would have prior to agricultural stupidity, um, the chances are that whatever was going to come into your bacterial infection, for example, that the iodine would just knock it out. Now, I used to get colds and flus every year uh, for at least three years. I'm sorry, at least three times a year I get colds and flus until I discovered that I was simply low on vitamin D. For many people, as you mentioned, it's vitamin C they're low on and 
or zinc maybe as to why they get colds or flus. But once I corrected my imbalance by taking vitamin D in winter, um, I never got a cold or a flu ever again. Uh, when I was abroad in winter, in sunshine, I never got colds or flus. So I, I believe that if, I believe that when you get a flu or a cold, it's actually a detoxification. That what happens is you raise a temperature, which is a great thing. You're burning off bacteria. Your snot's pouring out. You're sweating. It's all coming out, right? And I think that's a good thing. So, you know, I, I try to eat organic and soups as healthy as, as I can, uh, relatively. And <clears throat> I take a few supplements just to make sure I'm I'm where I should be. So I feel myself resistant against anything that people might call a virus. You know, uh, yeah. in, in India, where the, you know there, there are so so to be terrible things going on, but uh, I I didn't feel in the slightest bit nervous because I'd learned and it's not that difficult how to look after my body, so it's resistant against this stuff. That's right. I mean, we agree 100%. We're on the same page as you. Mark's got an allotment, uses his own we his own vegetables. Uh, talking to yourself, learning from yourself. I've got some iodine now. I'm taking iodine. Talking to Dr. Paul Marek. He sent me all his research, by the way, on vitamin C. Uh, we're taking loads of vitamin C. When Mark got ill, he took uh, vitamin C, vitamin C and, 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 and zinc the, and stuff. And you let your temperature rise. And let your temperature rise. That's you, the and, worst thing to take. Is to take paracetamol to lower your temperature. That's not that's not including children. Children can have seizures. They must have powerful things like that. But adults and that's the advice the government were giving: take paracetamol. Yeah. But we do agree with the free, free, yeah. freedom of information. We we found out earlier, sort of like in December, I think there was a a journalist, Gemma O'Doherty. She put a freedom of information uh, request against the Irish government, uh, and they said about. It, has it be, has the has the virus been isolated? You can see the video. I think it's been taken down from YouTube now. Has it been isolated? And uh, they said they held no records. And that's there's been about hundred of those. Yeah, Ireland, Spain, Denmark, yeah. all these countries have done that. You know, but what, what what we're seeing now is we're seeing quite a lot of positive things. You, you've got we've been on about eighteen marches in London now. One of the marches uh, against all this, there was one point four million, uh, and that was in. Uh, I think it was July 28th, um, uh, 2021, about 1.4 million. Nothing on nothing on the mainstream media. I mean, they're, they're responsible for most of, this, most of this as well. And recently, the marches, we've been seeing, um, unfortunately, we've been seeing the vaccine injured coming on the marches as well, and the horrendous injuries that they're that, that presented with. And what's, what the biggest, the biggest tragedy is these pe people have been going to hospital saying, look, uh, well, and we've seen these patients. We take them from the hospital. Most of them are neuro neurological problems, about eighty percent, which you can't see. Some will have burning down the arm. They'll have tics. They won't be able to walk properly. Some of them will be having seizures. Okay, just out of the blue, and because these doctors haven't seen these, they're, they're putting it down as as uh, psychiatric psychomatic problems, and that's the biggest problem these poor people have got trying to convince, and also trying to convince their family that, look, they're not making these things up, you know? We took a young girl in, she was an athlete, and uh, you see the pictures on the wall, right? She couldn't walk, she couldn't walk. We knew what it was, she had uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Yeah. We knew it was that, we couldn't say that, you know? But what what we try to do is, uh, when, when we've got a patient on board earlier on is, Start asking them the history what's wrong with them, and then find out if they've taken if they've taken the, the the vaccine. If they hadn't taken the vaccine, then we'd give them as much informed consent as possible. We'd show them yellow cards. I'd, I've got it on my phone, so we'd give them what they should have been given: informed consent. Mark has gone round to vaccine centres when he's when he's been off duty, and and giving out the leaflets to people, saying, "Look, this is this is." This is this is the problem. This is what's going to cause you. The thing is, there was they say there was no informed consent. No informed consent. No. Myocarditis. We saw a, a young chap. He had myocarditis. You never see myocarditis in youngsters. I mean, once you get myocarditis, as you know, Clive, the heart is damaged. And we took him in hospital. And we said to the nurse, the nurse has come running out to us. She said, "I've seen three cases of myocarditis this morning." 
And we said, well, you know what that is? And we told it, and she goes, oh, no, no, it's not. Now, three, and they were youngsters. They're all youngsters. And it was so, it was so frustrating. Um, uh, but handing out the yellow card would sort of make people, sort of made a few people think, especially in the vaccine centres. We would go in, see a nurse. I'd say, here, look at this. And I knew from some of the nurse, she goes, oh, I didn't know that. I said, well, there you go. That's a government, that's government figures. And then we were seeing, all, all seeing patients with them. All we're doing is giving, uh, giving, out, giving information. Yeah, it's just government information. They're just information. There was nothing like, you know, it was just trying to give people informed consent. But it, it was quite frustrating. And you, you went to the hospitals and you see these scary eyes behind this mask. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was fear. It was fear. And it, it's, it, it was quite amazing Shocking. how they, they captured so many people, really. You know, intelligent people. It's so you know that mm. that, that that didn't do any didn't do any research or mm. you know critical thinking. They bleed everything on the telly. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you. We we believe this this vaccine uh, completely disarms the immune system. This fantastic immune system we've got that's been fighting viruses and illnesses Forever. since day one. It's been working. Okay, we believe this this jab it disarms disarms the immune system, and now we're seeing what's called turbo cancers. In patients mm. normally the immune system the lymphocytes will, will uh, i think it's called interferon put interferon in and then basically destroy all the cancers but of course that's not working at the moment so you see, you see people that have been in remission for cancer okay had the jab then all of a sudden a few months later they've got these terrible cancers you know well i, I think i think well, i think the truth needs to come out i don't just think directly clive the truth will ever come out well, the truth is out, but people are still uh, yeah. not. I mean, the doctors can never admit it because of the insurance liability. Yeah. Um, the media are bought and paid for. Yeah, uh, yeah but pe a lot of people are waking up for all the very reasons because many people have seen this. The, um, I'd like to make a comment about marching because I've never gone on a march, will we'll never go on a march because I feel there's a better way. I mean, let's say the whatever the number you mentioned, 1.3 million or whatever it was, what if they did something like uh, publicly plant food, you know, their, their garden, wherever, that in one million people said, right, our rebellion, so to speak, our non-compliance is we're going to be planting food. We could plant fruit trees. If you can't afford a fruit tree, then you could just be saving apricot kernels and cherry stones and so on for next year. But, I mean, if we... Instead of marching, which, which sort of is a waste of time, you know, the, the, no, nobody knows it's happened. The press, you know, every, there's so much corruption. But if we actually did something, uh, who's going to get upset about that? Well, the government will be get, getting less tax because we'll be growing our own food. The supermarkets will be making less profit. The corporations will suffer. And mm. what, what are we fighting? You know, it seems to me that the system on one level is fine having a parliament full of honest people who care who care and aren't corrupt uh, politicians that that would help so parliament could be a very useful thing if you have nice people running it we've got loads of civil servants and the word servant to me means they do nice things for you you pay them they help you when has a civil servant ever helped you it's very rare do parking people help you park no they don't so um the system could be, you know, without much trouble, uh, re-engineered. You know, I, I, I think. It, I think. Yeah, I think it needs to be re-engineered. I think there needs to be a whole new system now. Now that, as I say, the truth is slowly coming out, and we're realising these people in charge, their masters of corporations, people above, and quite sinister people as well, psychopaths basically. Mm. So maybe one thing that's come out of this that. Uh, People are waking up slowly, but the, we need to get the word out there, really. Mm. So it's getting the word out there. You know what I mean? So we're on a Facebook group with a uh, with lawyers, uh, and um, you know the stuff I've learned from them. I don't know if you, I don't know if people know this. I tell people this, but they don't doesn't really get like all 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 uh, governments now are corporations. Do you know that they're all corporations? They're all, yeah, they're all private corporations. Yeah, I mean the thing is with corporations, they're easily controlled with one change which is you make the directors of corporations yeah. personally liable, just like if you're a limited company director, you're personally liable. Yeah. 
yes, there, shouldn't yeah, yeah. Parliament, there shouldn't be parliamentary privilege. Everybody should, should no. um, uh, be liable for whatever they do, including obviously the pharmaceutical <laughs> companies as you know, a huge example. How dare a company give exemptions to liability? You know, that's outrageous. I know. I know. It's outrageous. That was a big red flag. I think, I think uh, uh, JFK Jr. is doing, doing good work. He's taken these uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies now to uh, to court and he's, he's winning and things. Um, and also you've got the, what's the Barrington Declaration, 6,000 doctors as well. Yeah, more than that. It's more than that. Six thousand? No, sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. Yeah. Or six, 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 six thousand. How are we going to motivate people to to do something? I mean, there's a, a wonderful video of Sandy Adams talking to the Glasgow yeah. Council, telling them what's going on. And you, know, you probably saw uh, Andrew Bridgen when he gave his talk in Parliament that all the MPs that were left in there. Uh, were ushered out because if they don't hear what he has to say, yeah. they will deny knowing. I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, yeah. so yeah. what's what what's it going to take? What percentage of England, for instance, have to be awake enough to say no? We're not accepting this. You know, you point zero zero one percent of people who seem to have taken control, telling us what to do. You know, the government's meant to help. Yes. Um. So so. Where is the tipping point? Is it twenty percent of the population have got to realise what's going on? And and if that's the case, or something like that, how is the methodology to get the information out there? I mean, I I first got chucked off, all my stuff got taken down off YouTube in two thousand and fourteen, uh, and my girl, yeah, I haven't been on YouTube. I did get back on, yeah. but then they took me off again. I mean, do you do you see a way that? Um, I mean, yeah. would... if you if you look at the comments after Andrew Bridgen on the I read the comments, you can see people are waking up. Uh, but it is it is hard. I mean, I, I got my first complaint ever with a consultant, uh, and I, I well, all I did was, was sort of to highlight what we've been talking about, about and showed her the yellow card reports, and she put a complaint in. She got very very angry. This is the problem; they get very angry uh, once you tell them. A complaint about what? Well, I, 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 I told them about the yellow card. I showed them the asterisk fix. I showed them the documentation, the government documentation, yellow card. I showed them, um, you know, the illnesses it was causing. And uh, she she didn't like it at all. She thought I was a person attacking her, and I wasn't. I was just trying to explain to her. This is in July 2001. I was first complained as a paramedic in 32 years. You know, in 2001, what was going on? You know, you need to sort of look at this, you know, just as I normally do. We normally talk to consultants and whatever. And uh, I got a very bad reaction when she put a complaint in me saying, she said to me in the complaint was, the complaint was, uh, I spoke to this paramedic and he said that the, uh, he was implying, no, he said that the vaccine is um, ineffective and, um, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, was it uh, unsafe? You know what I mean? Which, which is, it's there, it's in front of them. And she, 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 were, she, were, I think, I think it wasn't at me. I think going back to the last one, it's, it's, it's trying to get people awake, really. Um, I know that on the Office of National Statistics at the moment, more people are dying than ever now in the last 50 years. There's more people dying. Access deaths, yeah. Yeah, SX deaths. And, you know, you, you look around you, people are becoming really, really unwell, and it's going to get worse, I think. So are they going to wake up over that? You yeah. Know, I, I think going back to the marching, it, Okay, marching does help. The last march, from the start of the march to the end of the march, we had a long uh, ladder of action photographs of people that become unwell or died. And we literally went from Parliament Square all the way up to the BBC, and this ladder went right, right from the front to the front. back. We went right through Regent Street, and of course there's all these shoppers, and you could see the shocks in their faces when they stopped and looked at these these poor people that passed away and, uh, and had died. So it, it's getting that sort of word. And they were, they were quite shocked. And these sort of people were taking the photographs. Look, they must have had somebody they'd known that's died suddenly, you know what I mean? And it might just wake them up slowly, 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 you know. And that, that was a big point, I think. I know we're not going to get any media coverage, but if 10 people in Regent Street 
weight cut over that, that helps, doesn't it? They pass it on to another 10 people, another 10 people. Yeah. But uh, we uh, need, it we need to help. Uh, uh, right now, there's a bit of a rush on, as far as I see it, because yeah. well, we've got worldwide 15-minute cities and CBDCs arriving any time yeah. soon. Yeah. And, you know, it's more important than ever that people wake up. So let me ask you about the NHS. Um, I, mean, I felt in, in the general public that maybe 5% of the population uh, were uh, cognizant with, with what the, the college yeah. was. Yeah. Now I think it may be 10%. Mm. Do you th what do you think? I mean, the NHS workers must be seeing it, even if they're in denial. Yeah. How do you think the percentages have changed now? Um, well, I think it's about 10%, yeah. 10%. I you, think, about 10%, I think yeah. it used to be about 5 and it's woken up about another 5 which is not a lot, really, because they are actually seeing the call rates go through the roof and the people coming in injured because we've obviously keep in contact with colleagues in the NHS and one or two might have woken up, you know, our colleagues. But um, it's quite shocking how, you know, they're working in this environment. They're seeing it every day. And basically, I'd they're say maybe, maybe it's gone from five to maybe 10. Mm. It should be five to... 95 mm. but there seems to be some sort of brainwashing they've been brainwashed and they we think it's the telly we think it's the telly we yeah. think something going on with the telly yeah yeah think, we haven't watched the telly in well, three years i think I, yeah i think you know and the media and, and whatever and it's 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 quite disheartening that so many people in the nhs haven't worked you know, because they see it every single day right in front of their face, and they see the amount of patients going into hospital. Mm. Our call rate in London has gone from, uh, should be this time of year, about 3,000 calls a day. It's about 8,000 calls a day now. Some days it is. And uh, hospitals now are just in a day. bursting, bursting with, with, with patients. So, so they're not, and, they're, and these people are working in it, and they're not putting two and two together for some reason. It's so, a $64,000 question. Okay, so... so um, you successfully distributed the yellow cards around the place. Yeah. Uh, could you get a percentage of that ten percent who are awake uh, to, you know, if you printed out more, you know, not too big, so you don't have to read too much. Just something sweet and short and shocking. I mean, you know, maybe now's the time that we should be getting on an individual level with everybody working in the NHS and give them a yeah. few salient facts. That's, that's right. That's what we try. I mean, we we we've we've um we've also uh we, we belong to a Catholic Church, right? And we've also how we're going to let the, the 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 clergy the the congregation know what's going on. So we've written to three priests, emailed three priests, so they can give the message over what's going on. But unfortunately, they didn't. <laughs> but, you know, but I I think you've got to got to speak to people face to face to really get yeah, we, we the result. That, yeah, because it's easy. For yeah, yeah. What, what happens is some of them are sort of half awake, most of them are not awake, and we've found that they seem to just glaze over, their eyes glazed over, and they're not taking the information in. It's quite, it's really a strange phenomenon, I've never seen it. You get intelligent people that you have a conversation with, who've had symptoms themselves, whatever, and they just glaze over, the, you know, is which I'm thinking, is there something in this shop that's doing that? You know, because it's quite amazing that, you know, it's not going in, you know. Yeah. And but, but then some people, some people get angry and some people, think, yeah. you know, even though they get very angry, you know, say our family members, um, even though we saw it and we, we've explained what we've seen and, you know, our family members, you know, cousins, uncles, and they go, they get angry or they think we're mad. They honestly think that we're mad. It's it's such a big, it's a massive, massive lie and people don't want to believe it. They literally don't want to believe it, even mm. though they're seeing it right in front of their face, especially if you're working for the NHS. They just don't want to see it or they can't see it. I think it's you're right. Amazing. Yeah, I think you're right that yeah. it's the TV. I mean, subliminal message yeah. the TV. That's it. You know, I, uh, 
yeah, I, I would say that's probably number one. So, um, uh, do you think they'll find a cure, uh, Clive? I mean, that machine you, Tesla machine, looks amazing. The yeah. transfers the electrons over. Will that cure? Will that cure? Do you think that will cure it? Well, um, when you say cure it, what do you mean? Cure, uh, uh, well, uh, well, the uh, the effects of the vaccine regarding the DNA and what it does to DNA and how it makes the spike protein replicate in the cells. Yeah. Can it reverse well, that, that machine? Um, uh, the answer clearly is, well, who knows? You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it would be impossible to know. Maybe in a few years of research, one might be able to figure well, something out. But, that's, but, that's, that's, that's what we were thinking. If they had that sort of technology in 1920s, is it? Tesla, is it 20s? Well, um, in 1843, Guy's Hospital uh, had opened their electrotherapy department, but John Wesley, you know, the famous Wesley Chapel person, yeah. he was using electricity to, to heal people 100 years before that. Wow. Um, the, this technology, uh, Tesla showed this in 1893, but in 1891, He'd given all, all the details to scientists around the world to build basically wow. their own versions. And so, you know, by, by the turn of the last century, it was fairly well known by, let's say, 1910. Many, many dentists were using them. Doctors were using them. Uh, I've got a couple of large units that, that were hospital ones, you know, enough to do the whole body at once. You could repair uh, people with tesla's technology and up until the second world war uh it was sort of considered one of the options that you'd have you know in guy's hospital let's say in 1843 it's miraculous it's miraculous your video uh how these people are cured from chronic back pains and pains they've had with for years and years and i'm i was just thinking if that talent technology then are they hiding other technology they've got now? Uh, well, like the, the, uh, well, well, yes, this is the answer. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, it's not necessarily they're hiding it. It's, it's a little hard to find, but it's still there. I mean, for instance, um, people who've been to Switzerland and Austria up in the high mountains, they've seen those tunnels which go right through the mountain, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were cut in whatever, 1850, 1860, 1870. How did they do that? Yes, yes, it's easy. Yes, yeah. Um, that they've made like 20,000 horsepower or, or more uh, drilling machines, they, they were running uh, cars, trains, buses on compressed air 150 or more years ago. Wow, now, Chicago had had a company called the Compressed Air Car Company. And you could travel a couple of hundred miles on compressed air. It's surprising. And you can compress air in interesting ways. You can use something that's called a tromp, which is where you use water. If you've got a big fall of water, or you can uh, uh, run, a, run a pipe where the land is going down, you keep, keep the pipe and then you drop it, uh, you can create huge uh, air pressure by dropping the water and then trapping it in a tank. And so they di would divert rivers to create tromps, which made compressed air. So that's cut a long story short. The water rises the top, traps the air at the top, and you have a tap at the top and get compressed air. So they're still using compressed air in many industries. You know, you want your tires changed, it's compressed air that does a zzzz and gets your wheels off in seconds. And so compressed air was one of the power methods that before internal combustion engines. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of hidden technology. You know, anybody should look up compressed yeah. vehicles. They, they might find My last thing we were saying about, are you finding the same when you try to explain to people that people are, they, they don't seem to get it? Or, or you yeah. know, how many, what's your percentage of when you, yeah. so, you talk? So, so when I started talking about, look, masks are silly, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. I've got exactly the same thing, glazed over look. You yeah. know, not don't want to hear it. So uh, I then discovered uh, nonviolent communication. Mm. Nonviolent communication. There are videos on YouTube and yeah. books about it. And so the first thing I was I learned was that 
you need to get past at least that first barrier. Yeah. Right? And how you do that is you say to the person, look, uh, if you happen to have the time, I've learned something quite interesting recently. Um, yeah. you know, I could explain it to you if you want. Mm. Yes. If they say, no, well, uh, it would have been a waste of time trying anyway. But if they say yes, now you've got past, past the first barrier and mm. you can put forward your strongest point that you think they might accept. Mm. So then there's um, more levels to it. And I've, I've, been, I've been studying it for quite a while now and I'm by no means good at it, but mm. I'm learning how to word things in a way where people go, oh, really? Wrong. Oh, that's interesting. We'll have to... Does, 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 it, does it work then? Does it work? Does it, oh, it work? Works. Absolutely. Um, let me show you. Hang on. I can't find the book that I'm looking for. The book I'm looking for is, is uh, by, by this author. Oh, I'll, write, I'll write it down. Speak, yeah. peace, and public welfare. Yeah. Right, I'll just write it down. Yeah. So so um, the other book is called Nonviolent Communication. Sorry? Sorry, sorry, Clive. Carry on. Uh, Marshall Rosenberg is the... Oh, thanks, uh, thanks, Clive. ...is the author. And he was instrumental uh, in uh, being the person who brought wars to an end. That he wow. got you know, both yeah. the warring parties together. And he, he said the difficulty was getting them in the same room. But he found that once he'd got the warring parties in the same room, then usually with an hour or two, uh, he could get through to both of them. Because we all want the same stuff. We all want security, yeah. uh, you know, freedom, love. You know, we, everybody wants... And even though... You know, this person might have killed loads of people on the other side. And you did the same with, with rape victims. You get the rapist in the room with the victim, and usually with an hour or two, uh, the the total hatred and wish, wish to kill the rapist had, had dissipated. Um, yeah. Very, very powerful. Really, really, really very powerful. powerful. I think it's what we need to do, you know, to learn do, yeah. how to yeah. use language. Yeah, we do. I think too, because if we don't, uh, is, there ain't going to be much of a future, is there really, for you, human man, mankind? Is there? Uh, well, if CBDs come in, you know, yeah. just that, uh, then that's the end of freedom, as, as I see that's it. it. That's but it. You know about the Bradbury Pound? Yeah, yeah we, we do, yeah, yeah, we do, yeah, yeah. So there is an answer, you know. Yeah, there's an answer, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you look at... You look at all the presidents that have been assassinated, Kennedy and people like that, you know, and it's all to do with the Federal Reserve and basically uh, this private corporation, which people think is a bank, Federal Reserve, controlling the money supply um, and basically dictating to us, the public, a private corporation where the money goes and interest rates. And all Kennedy wanted to do was bring in his own money supply, which is run by public, the public purse. And uh, obviously, look what happened to him. Well, look what happened to Gaddafi. Look what happened to... That's Sir right. That's right. All about Gaddafi. the dollar and changing away yeah. from the dollar. But now they've brought about the situation where we're, you know, they're only... What's, what's the, I don't want to be pessimistic, but what choices do they have when you have a failing empire? Um, yeah. yeah. Finland just joining yeah. NATO. You know, yeah. the, the dots that one can join are... Uh, horrendous. So again, yeah. Yeah. the yeah, answer yeah. is so simple. Yeah. We take the yeah. psychopaths out of power. Don't have to kill them. They, they just don't have power. And you put in nice people instead. You change the definition of public service. Yeah. Help you. you. You just stop war because nobody wants it. Only governments want war. People don't want it generally. You know. Yes, they might be yeah. brave. They think they want it, but they don't really. Nobody wants to live in a war zone. I think that the answers are simple. You take away. The power of corporate leaders uh, to have immunity—it's it's simple. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it, it, well, I suppose it's, it's coming together and getting 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 the truth out, really, getting yeah. the truth out well, and getting people, more and more people waking up. Mm. Um, people also need to know how simple the changes could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They need to understand that if you know, I'm at the risk of repeating myself, directors have to be personally liable. Yeah. 
MPs have have not to be psychopaths, mm. uh, and public servants need to be public servants. Surely, wouldn't that fix everything? It would do. It would do. It would do. Because they've got, at the moment they control everything. I mean, it's starting to rain and rain now uh, out here in, in London, and then you realise that they control the weather as well uh, through their own means. You know, um, it, they've got so much power that I mean, the chemtrails as well. We're just wondering where, where we see these chemtrails. Where do these planes come from? Chemtrails. Uh, well, I, I would say they come from an army base and a drone. Some of them. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. a pilot from BA, and she, she says, you know, she sees planes sometimes, you know, belching it out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. You, we, we've got uh, friends in in British Airways as well. When during the the lockdown, uh, a lot of the a lot of the air crew used to serve us teas at hospital. So we kept in contact with a lot of the pilots and they, they tell us a lot of stories of what's going on, what they're seeing up there. You know, it's nice to keep in, keep in contact them, with them. But um, Have you got a website or anything where, where people can read about anything? Or Sorry? Have you got like a website that you put together? I mean, you know. No. What it's really all about is everybody, no matter whether they think the earth is flat or round or whatever, that uh, all of us get together somehow because as a group uh, we have we have a power and I think maybe um, you know it I'm I'm looking for ideas apart from planting food as to how we can take action on masks because despite yeah obviously there are benefits to marching but I mean beyond that surely several million people could do something super radical. Uh, and yeah. could, you know, not you know, in, in the same way that I believe that if the train drivers had gone on strike by not charging anybody money to travel, yeah, you know, that that's a really positive way to strike as opposed to inconveniencing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, we need yeah. to rethink things like strikes, come up with the ideas. We're, we're meeting, we meet with groups of people on the marches, and and there's some, there's some very intelligent very bright people there and they're doing different things mm. to wake, wake, wake well, we need to come together we really. need to come together yeah, yeah. we need to sort of do <laughs> or else <laughs> well thank you for this thank I, you for I, I think at the end of it I, I, yeah thank you very much thank Next you slide. it's lovely lovely to meet you lovely talking to you and uh thank andrea as well i've been e emailing her setting it all up for us it's been great, and uh, thanks for the little gift package. It should be coming soon. Uh, I'll continue taking the uh, iodine and uh, all, all, the, all the supplements to boost my immune system and keep it strong. I think there's a bit of a delay on the line at the moment. I realise I talked over you. Is there anything else you want to say before before we finish? No, I think we've just got to keep positive, try and get the truth out there, really, and that's it, really, um, because if we don't, you don't want to think what the world's going to be like. But I think people are seeing things. I mean, if you see uh, these psychopaths uh, running Richard Sunek and Johnson in the, the G7 meetings, none of them were wearing masks. None of them wear masks. You see them in, you see them like in 2001, they're telling us to wear masks and none of them were wearing masks, you know. So pe people are seeing this, you know. So it is waking some people up, you know. True. Excellent. Well, I, I remain massively positive because... So, I, all right. so I, 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 we keep positive as well, yeah. yeah. No no, no point in, in keeping negative, keeping your energy low. You've got to keep your energy high. That's the main thing. And take whatever action one, one can. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, then, Clive. It's a lovely afternoon. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye.